They're letting anyone in. This isn't like it used to be. We should build a wall to keep all the bad pointers. Welcome to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, weekly comedy on NBC by Mike Schur. I am Andrew Pontius, and let me introduce my wonderful co-host, Javier Matusevich. Hello. Hi. And Sarah Gardner, greetings. Attention, I have been murdered. Oh no, <laughs> what will we do? <laughs> and Rachel Adaman, hi there. Hi everyone. All right, so this week we are continuing our season one rewind. And we're going to be going over three, count of three episodes tonight. So the episode seven, The Eternal Shriek. Episode eight, Most Improved Player. And episode nine, Someone Like Me as a Member. And I had not even remembered these episode titles before. Maybe The Eternal Shriek, the first one, but the other ones are just hadn't really uh, made an impression on me. So I tend to more think of them about what happened in those episodes. And so I'm going to start off by giving a re- really brief recap of, of all three. And then we can talk in more detail about them as, as they go. But just to kind of get us started. So in episode seven, Eleanor is still scheming for a way to stay in the good place, up to and including killing slash rebooting Janet to protect herself. But in the end, seeing how it's eating up Chidi to be part of all of her schemes, to be lying about various things, she confesses to Michael and to everyone and says, I'm not supposed to be here. So in episode eight, this kicks off a whole bunch of new things going on, both the killing of Janet and Eleanor making that confession. So Michael interviews everyone about Janet's quote-unquote murder. Uh, and during that, when he's finding out the extent of, of what Eleanor's real personality is like, he eventually gets so fed up with her that he calls the bad ways to come pick her up. And then in episode nine, we're introduced to real Eleanor, actually at the cliffhanger at the end of episode eight, uh, so real Eleanor is the is the saintly person who is supposed to be uh, the person who's there, at least according to the cover story. And the real Eleanor hits it off with Chidi. Now, during all that, the bad place demons are torturing Michael and Eleanor. And in flashbacks, we are shown how Eleanor repeatedly turns down membership in groups when it's offered to her. But in the end, at the end of the episode, she does stand up for herself and says that even though she doesn't belong there, she wants to. And Michael sides with her and sends the demons on their way. And during all of this, Jason and Tahani, not Jason and Tahani, Jason and Janet start their relationship. But Tahani catches on that Jason isn't a monk. And that's the cliffhanger for episode nine. So that is a sort of short recap of, of everything that's going on. Again, we're going to talk about all three tonight. So what did people think of these three episodes? Let's just sort of start in general. I mean, all three were consistently good. Um, I feel like I say that every time, but I'm always surprised at the level of quality, and especially rewatching, just knowing how it's going to wrap up, picking up on little things. I really enjoyed the first of the three because, or at least the second time, knowing that Michael is just turning the screws. And then the other two, I uh, I really love the bad place demons, so... Bringing that back was great. Plus, I feel like this is when I really started to appreciate Janet as a character. Yeah, I liked these ones as well. Yeah, Janet was very good in these episodes. (laughs) Well, so she gets she gets kind of her own sort of a level plotline for the first time, right? Because she's she's murdered, but before that, she gets her first 
round of is it the first time where she's she's begging for her life or did did she do that with Michael? No, she did. No, this is the first time, I think. Right. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. the first time. And so she gets to go through all of that, that defense mechanism that she has about, about yeah, no, 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 please don't kill me. I have children. <laughs> what I found interesting about uh, the, the Janet reboot part is she talks about being the 25th generation of Janet, which makes me think, has there been 25 reboots of Janet before that we haven't seen? Well, I mean, I guess she could have been getting rebooted when she was actually in the good place because we know she was a real good place Janet, so... But we've, we've seen Michael boot her up on, on a different episode on, I think, season two, so... Mm-hmm. Boot her up for the first time, I mean. So I would yeah. guess that if she's the 25th generation, then maybe... The first time we saw this this episode, we we, we were led to believe that she's just, like, upgraded to iOS yeah. 25. M- maybe she started out at the 20 at her software being the 25th version yeah. of Janet. But she did say that she used to have a click wheel. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But later on we we've learned that the way that Janet's improved generally is to to be rebooted. So makes me wonder, have there been 25 generations of Janet where the where Eleanor figured it out and we haven't seen them yet? Yeah, there are a lot of interesting things going on. Um, I think in terms of the sort of the structure of the three episodes, the first episode was all about, it felt like it was kind of the end of the logical sequence of the shenanigans that we've been seeing up to this point, where Eleanor is still kind of trying to do all she can to stay in the bad place, up to, you know, lying, uh, murdering or, or instigating murder or all of these other things. And she's still kind of scheming. She's still trying to kind of figure it out even in between her, mm-hmm. in certain ways, trying to be a, a better person. But she kind of keeps falling back and keeps, no, 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 I really want to uh, be selfish. And this was the point where she finally decided to say, no, I'm going to make a big change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really sacrifice something of mine. And in this case, it's the ability to stay in the good place at all for the sake of, of her friends, for the sake of cheating. And we saw that before, right? Like there was one point where she does something for Chidi because she sees that he's miserable with her. It's the one with the boat, I think. I'm just not remembering. Oh, her. yeah. What did, she, what did she do for him at, at that point? She... She sets up the whole scene of, the, of going in a boat with wine and, and French poetry to read so he can relax. That's right. Mm-hmm. Gives him a f*** off. Eleanor sign to sign right to shoo her away. The pattern there seemed to me to be she will butt heads with Chidi when he's trying to lecture her or argue with her. But once he's kind of at the point where he's saying, you know what, I did promise you that I would do this thing for you. It's making me miserable, but I'm going to do it. And she knows she's taking advantage of him. That's when she finally starts to turn and say, you know what, no, I'm really not going to be such a bad person to to Chidi. And and so this feels like a, a repeat of that, but also a much bigger version of it where she's she's willing to make this big sacrifice for him and it's that eighth episode where i think it feels like everything kind of changes because again she's she said she's not supposed to be there michael knows this is something that that feels like a, a total change of pace for the for the show and it feels like the kind of thing that most comedies wouldn't necessarily do they would want to sort of prolong the shenanigans the the standard shenanigans of fish out mm-hmm. of water or someone uh, in this situation where they're taking advantage of everybody else. 
And here, nope, we're going to change everything up. And it also felt like that uh, eighth episode was where everybody kind of got to do something new. Like all of those interviews that Michael did with everybody, and ostensibly they were to try to find out who killed Janet, but it really kind of felt like everything was starting over again. In fact, they were he was basically doing those interviews all over again for, for everyone. And it just, I don't know, it just, that was, episode eight was where it really kind of hit the gas again, as far as I'm concerned. It really had one of those peaks of, you know, everyone being together, everything getting thrown up in the air and, and, and figured out again in the same way that they did at the beginning of, of season two. And they just threw everything up in the air. And then when they came back down, it was a new configuration and everything was kind of a little bit more interesting. So mm-hmm. I really, I, I know we've talked a little bit in previous episodes about, hey, when is, when is that confession? When is that confession coming up? And it really was, you know, as good as advertised, as good as I remembered in, in rejuvenating mm-hmm. the show and keeping things going. Well, and just before she confesses, I feel like it's maybe the worst that we've seen, Eleanor, where (laughs) she's really trying to game the system. Like she Mm -hmm. thinks it's fine that she might be sending Michael someplace terrible or she might Mm -hmm. be killing Janet, but Janet's not a person and that's fine. Like she's really pushing the boundaries of what's okay and it's making Chidi very upset. And It's right up until the point where she lays it all out. Yeah, but she doesn't want to to think what she's doing is wrong. So when she finally has to face the truth about consequences for Michael or for Chidi, then she she steps up. I think during the whole episode we see her trying to deny that she's doing something wrong while old Eleanor would, wouldn't have cared if Michael went to, to retirement or if Janet died or if uh, Chidi... Uh, had a consequences for his actions. She's she's constantly trying to to step that back. Mm-hmm. Well, and we see some of her older behavior in the uh, pretty hysterical flashbacks we get in episode eight, where Michael is is asking her about how things went in her life and you know what she's really like now that he's mm-hmm. getting to know her as a real person. And you know they talk about the T-shirt incident which has a couple of different installments, right? Because they kind of started off with the dress. And then there's that one moment when Eleanor, excuse me, when, when Michael says, you know, hold on, wait, that's really bad. But this is called the T-shirt episode. So there's more to it, isn't there? I, I really laughed when that came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she, she says, you know, Michael asks her, you know, with that little green cube, which is the, the, the lie detector, the, do you think you belong in the good place? And she, you know, she's, she admits it. She said, no, I, I don't. And I thought that, again, I thought that was a really nice way to show how much progress she's made. But the end of that, and, and I'm alighting over a couple of things, so we'll, we'll want to come back to, to especially, especially the way they uh, uh, portray Chidi, I think, in the first episode is interesting. But sort of the end of that plot line for her is when they're together and they're negotiating for her, in in uh, with with the demons, and she stands up and for herself and she says, you know, yes, I don't I don't belong here, but I want to, and that was another moment where I really felt that was a big big moment for her, a big change for her, where she was, okay, she's gotten to the point where she says she's bad, but she she's also a good enough person to say I want to strive and become better, and that's really kind of the, in a lot of ways, it's the theme for a lot of the rest of the show, and this is where we really kind of hear it. Hear her come, just come out and say it, even against opposition. And again, I just really, I thought it was a good dramatic moment for the show to, to end mm-hmm. like that. So 
Oh, and then there, so the, the, the bad place demon is Trevor, right? And so he's uh, played by Adam Scott, who is, was also a character on Parks yep. and Rec, right? What do people think of him? Mm-hmm. Did people Such like... good casting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, yeah. I love seeing Adam Scott play like somebody evil. <laughs> Me it's too. Not quite his typical hmm. uh, role, and it's, he does it quite well. He looks like he could be up to trouble more than he'd be like evil. Just like he's he's no good. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's great. Well, as soon as as soon as he showed up, I was very happy. Whereas <laughs> when we get when we get the uh, judge in the burrito episode, I was expecting better. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, true. Um, so so he doesn't play a bad person in Parks and Rec. No, he's adorable. No. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's the nicest okay. guy. <laughs> Okay, so they were playing against type in this one. Yeah, because he gets he gets a lot of good lines. He's basically a little mini joke machine in and of himself, or a, a couple of parts in this episode. So, right, so he's he's wearing the the dress bitch t shirt, and he uh, he talks about well we got to go back because the bachelor's on, yeah, right. He's got a cute jokes in there. But then the other thing that he does, which I thought was really interesting, is I think especially in episode nine, he. He's really a, a, a jerk to Eleanor. Like, he's kind of, like, sexually harassing her in a way that's yeah. that sort of borders on really un- uncomfortable because she's got to just take it, right? Because she's there's nothing, it's not like she can go anywhere. Hmm. But, yeah, they really kind of pushed him being a bad, a really bad person to her. And that's, that's a trial for her. That's something she has to overcome. He's like that bad, abusive boyfriend. Ugh. Always trying to neck her, constantly trying to sleep with her. He's the archetypical bad boyfriend, but you can you can see that he likes her in a twisted way, which is kind of interesting. He likes the old her at the very least. Well, right, yeah, she's evil, and he's mm-hmm. he's like sort of an embodiment of toxic masculinity. There's that one point where he says to her, and there's a couple there's a couple places where this happens throughout the series where they say he says, you know, you'll you'll be happier in hell. Um, and he says, of course, yes. you won't actually be happy because we're going to torture you, but you'll feel better because you won't be a lie. You won't be living a lie. And so in some ways, he's almost tempting her with that because that would be more straightforward for her to, to give in and to not try mm-hmm. to be a better person. No, I was just going to back up to the uh, episode seven because huh? there's some pieces in there that I really like and I hope we didn't go past them too far. Nope. Um Michael's retirement, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, for one thing, Tahani wants to make a party out of it because, of course, she does. Of course, yep. And then Michael does not want this party and has to break that to her, <laughs> which just deflates her like a balloon. Yep. She's gone all out for her retirement cake or whatever it is. Yep, And yep. Uh, he gives Flan a voyage. feel about how... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole thing about like wanting a rewards card and wanting to eat a saltine and ah uh, yes wanting to say take it sleazy and then she <laughs> she tries to set him up for it and he's just like it's not organic like what are you doing lady <laughs> oh my gosh if if he if this wasn't you know the the bad place, then who are we, you know? Like, this is definitely torture for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? You, you you look at it from the perspective of this is the plot line that, that we saw when we first went through it, and then you go through it again. Well, okay, how is Michael torturing everybody? 
and yeah, like he's really going after Tahani for this whole this whole thing. He he just mm-hmm. he doesn't want to give her anything, any sort of reward for all the work that she's doing for him. She just wants to keep showing her how it's all useless and and horrible. It's just great. It's mm-hmm. great. And the more that he makes Eleanor suffer, the more that makes Chidi suffer. So he's giving all of them basically. Was, does Jason do anything at the party? Oh, he does. He sets off the party poppers, right? That's the thing that Jason contributes yeah. to the party. Yeah. After, after everyone's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing like we do the the real Michael, it kind of feels like we, we're also seeing a, a bit of him when he's talking about what all the human things that he liked to do. He's poking fun at humans, but at the same, at the same time, we're, we're seeing a glimpse into into the truth. Like like Michael says, you have to use a bit of the truth to, to sell a lie. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things about Michael that we see here in these episodes that really feel like they come back in the second season in a way that it's no longer him acting. So yeah, like he wants to be human. We see that in the, there's a going away party in the, in the you know, the, the good place at the very end of the second season where he, he also talks about being a human being and there's another set of riffs on, on how silly human beings are. Um, there's also the bit where he says about Eleanor, he says to the demons, you know, you can't take Eleanor because she's, she's, she's not good, but she's learning and you can learn to be better in the afterlife. That's the exact argument he uses with, uh, what is it? Jen in, uh, in, in the, the judges chambers. So he's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, they use it sort of once in, in season one as, as kind of a joke or as a, as a, a pretense and once in season two is the real thing. I think that that shows that the writers, this is where the writers are interested in these conundrums and where we're actually going to take all this. This is where they want to focus stuff. And, you know, if they have to do it through, you know, Michael pretending the first time and him not the second time, they'll do that because they just want to keep, keep drilling down on that. So I, it was, yeah, it was really interesting seeing this the second time saying, oh yeah, this is a repeat, these things that they've done before. Mm. So what if there are so many people in the bad place who aren't, super bad but as bad as Eleanor if she makes it to the good place do they have to open their doors hmm. well I guess we'll find out huh <laughs> I hope so for my own sake <laughs> well there's the bit where Eleanor where Michael's talking to Eleanor and go, okay let's find out how bad you are and there's a whole bunch of jokes and let me see if I can find where that is in, in this thing we say okay um, you know have you killed anybody and okay, you haven't killed anybody. Okay, so we, we get that out of the way. Have you uh, taken off what is it, shoes and socks in in airplanes? You know, no, 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 mm-hmm. I haven't done that. And so it really does kind of show that like she's she's a nasty person, but she's not. Yeah, she's not actually pure evil. She's not. There's a certain bar that she hasn't crossed, and I think that's pretty vital to us sympathizing with her. That like. You know, she had, you know, she had actually killed somebody, then, okay, we, we're not going to sympathize with her. But she's been kind of selfish. And that's a certain level of badness, but that's not really going so totally over the line. And I think that it, it's kind of the writers can't go too far over the line because they know we wouldn't sympathize. So it, it's an interesting combination of, of uh, real, uh, uh, what a mainstream show can get away with versus what philosophical uh, levels they want to they tackle in it, if that makes sense. So yeah, like, will any of them will any of them be able to go to the good place? We we haven't we don't really know anything about the good place. Well, do we know? Do we really have much of a sense of 
of any of that. Because those point systems, again, we talked about the point systems before and how unrealistic they were that you had to get millions and millions of points doing these crazy things to get into the good place. And if that's really true, then yeah, almost no one's going to be there. But I don't think they're going to go with that if they do if they do talk about how to get our you know our heroes into the good place. Something will have to give about that. Mm-hmm. They'll have to lower the standard. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when, the other thing that happened in the first episode that we haven't talked about is the the portrayal of Chidi as being someone who's terrible to everyone he knows because of was that the seventh episode. Yeah, I think it was where he's, you know, his girlfriend, he kind of pesters her and his friend who's has the operation and he pesters him and, and all this stuff. And so we really finally get to see, okay, this is really why he's, he's here. Of course, we don't know that that's why he's here, here, but we really get to see the depths of, of how he's, how he's been bad to the people he knows. Are we supposed to think that Chidi is in the bad place because he told the truth? Do we think that he's in the bad place because he lied? Do we think he's in the bad place because he lied and then told the truth? I mean, it feels to me so so basic. It's not it's not enough for for me to to convince me that he really deserves anything close to a bad place, even in this crazy scoring system that they have. I agree with that. Um, I never quite buy it either. I, I think it's interesting that they decide that being moral and upstanding is really a drag on everybody else and that that might be why he's there. But I feel like that's the writers talking. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, they without Chidi being there, then they can't make all the points they want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, that... That being said, I you know he's still my favorite. I um, I f- you know feel for the boot guy, which you know we're not done hmm. with him yet. But um, <laughs> this is why everyone hates moral philosophy professors. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I like the boot guy. <laughs> those, those boots are something else. Uh, yeah. I'll mail you a pair, Rachel. We can be boot buddies. Oh no. <laughs> I'm always confused by what's the, the, the backstory for Chidi because I felt like at a time we thought he was, he lived in Paris and then he yeah, lived he was in French. French, yeah. He was, then we, I think in season two, don't we, don't we see that he's like in Australia? Mm-hmm. I, feel, that's I feel like, I feel in like he's. flashback, he was in Australia. His back end, his backstory is always changing. He's. Never in, in none of the flashbacks we see him in Paris, so it's kind of. I know it's cheaper, but. What if we find out his flashbacks are actually him lying, and that's why he's actually there? Like, huh. What if, what if he's like a you know a chronic liar? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they. Um, I mean, he grew up in. I'm not sure exactly where he grew up, but he, he was born in Nigeria, right? Is that? Yes, something Senegal. like that. Senegal. Okay. Senegal. I knew I was going to get wrong. Um, I'm not in the good Senegal. place either, apparently. So, <laughs> but then at the end, like his career was in uh, Australia. I thought that was pretty. Uh, yeah, I think they made that. They they do say that, which in, I find it yeah. interesting that he says in the first episode that he's speaking French, mm-hmm. he right? Taught yeah. in Australia. Yeah, he would have to know English, and like we see him 
always speaking English in flashbacks and everything. I feel mm-hmm. like they changed their mind on that <laughs> well, they, quite yeah. quickly after yeah. the first episode. In this very episode, we see him talking about his professor who, instead of reading the the essay that he wrote, the professor said that he was going to buy cigarettes and turned out he left his tenure <laughs> at the Sorbonne. So, yep. so it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. We also learned an interesting fact about Tahani when, when Michael had the lie detector cube out that uh, some of her bluster is actually true because when she said mm-hmm. she was going to co-host Anderson Cooper 360, it was green. So, I mean, so she's not just, you know, yeah. chitter-chattering. Yeah. And in this episode, we learned that, you know, one of the worst moments of her life was when her good friend Taylor was upstaged by her other good friend, <laughs> Kanye, who was defending her best friend, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, and, I yeah, comment. I never got the sense that she was lying about those things, just that she was very kind of stuck up about them. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, th- those she were the circles that she lived in. some of them, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for She's sure. Got, like... She's got like 15 godparents, if we believe her. <laughs> she true. always mentions yeah. about, well, this one was my godmother, and this one, and this one, and mm-hmm. who knows? I love that after after her interview, Michael says that it was very, very helpful, and the, and the cube turns red. <laughs> the cube is a great bit. It was a great uh, bit of physical comedy. Yeah, a, a nice character. I wish they would bring that back. I also really <laughs> liked the uh, the cacti. Mm. For the answer to everything is cactus. Because that's how I feel with my Google Home, which is what <laughs> I think of as being Janet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I ask it something, I get a cactus. I definitely have the file. Totally, definitely have the file. Right. So you have the file. Yes, I have the file. <laughs> yep. Here you go. <laughs> I like the Jason taking the cactus too. Like he right. gets poked by the cactus, and then he like yeah. looks at Michael, like, "Can I take this with me?" And <laughs> carries it out of the room. <laughs> His new friend, cactus. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a, a big, a big plot point. A big way that they kind of move things forward is this: is yeah, when they when they kill Janet for the first time here, that she has to reboot, and she's missing a lot of data. And the really kind of an interesting, fun scene with him. With, uh, with Jason and Janet is when Janet says, you know, it feels bad when people ask me for information now and, and I don't have it. And, you know, so you're being, I think, mm-hmm. I think she says, well, Jason, you're being nice to me. And Jason says to Janet, well, you're the only one who's nice to me, you know, in this whole place. And that's really kind of telling. And so that's really how their, their, their weird, crazy relationship gets started. And I, I just really love that, that moment with those two. Mm-hmm. I also remember the first time watching this being absolutely floored that there was a real Eleanor and totally believing that that's who she was. Yeah. That actress now was so good. That actress was so good at being this saintly person. It was just so, so funny. So many jokes about that. <laughs> it's funny. I spent the entirety of season two struggling to call her Vicky, and now I can't call her real Eleanor. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that whole joke where, where Eleanor finally gets pissed off that everyone's calling her fake Eleanor, including Michael. Oh, that was just, just gold. Especially once you realize that those, of course, those labels were completely reversed, that she was indeed the real Eleanor and the other one was the fake Eleanor. 
but we don't find. I don't know if any of you have seen Andy Richter controls the universe, but there's this episode. It's an office comedy where um, they get another Andy in the same office, and the second Andy is black. And so uh, he called him Black Andy, and they're like, you can't go around calling him Black Andy. So they just started calling, started calling Andy Richter Fat Andy. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's kind of Janet. So let's see, what other, what other bits do we have here? I don't know if we touched on it really, but just the fact that people generally like Eleanor. They don't really want her to leave, even though she doesn't deserve to be there. Certainly one of the, one of the scenes that I really liked was after the after Eleanor, uh, real Eleanor, our Eleanor, um, gets drunk, and she's got a hangover the next morning, and she's sitting in the bathtub, and Chidi is kind of helping her out, and Eleanor is kind of assuming that, well, Chidi's just going to go off with, quote-unquote, real Eleanor, and they're going to go and have fun together and be the true soulmates and everything. And, you know, Chidi comes back to her, and he says, no, you know, yes, I like her, I knew people were great, but... You know, I'm not going to give up on you just because of that. That was that was a really kind of touching little moment. That's like, you know, no, you're you're still we're still the group that we are. Oh, nothing. I was just going to say, and real Eleanor knows that there are stairs in the room. <laughs> Is that when that comes up? Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah, that was so funny. Trevor, real, Trevor realizing that they use the same paint, the same clown painting to torture fake Eleanor in the bad place. Yeah, that was good too. <laughs> oh, and um. Eleanor's comment to Trevor when they were getting drunk about again, why haven't you guys invented a medium place? There should be a yep. medium mm-hmm. place. <laughs> Forgot how much they foreshadowed the medium place. We get to meet the bad places, bad Janet. That's right. Was this the first time we see bad Janet? It's at least that bad Janet. Because yeah. I thought, well, did I get confused? I think it might be the season two episode I'm thinking of. So yeah, this might be the first time where she <laughs> she's so crude. <laughs> oh, and they do the weird uh, car- version of karaoke where they're all doing Nixon speeches. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so upsetting. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is the point of this? Yeah, you know that, uh, yep. And Michael had to dance. Yeah, it's Michael dancing to them doing Nixon speeches. Right. Well, there's that, I mean, there's a whole plot of the, I think the, the ninth episode, right, where Michael is getting sort of bullied by the by the demons and it's, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, what is this relationship between the good place and the bad place? Is it just the good place people are so nice and friendly that they're always going to get bullied? It doesn't seem to, you know, make sense cosmologically why that, you know, uh, the, the angels are getting bullied by the demons. But, you know, and of course we all find out that it was, it was still, it was all kind of a, a, a ruse. But yeah, that whole point where, you know, we're wondering what's going to happen with, is, is Michael just going to get bullied out of everything that he wants? Is he going to get bullied out of giving them a unicorn to, to you know, grind up and, and snort, I think, was, was what they were going to do with it? Yeah. <clears throat> and then, but he, did, he finally, you know, comes up with these says, okay, Eleanor's willing to stand up for herself and I'm willing to support her. And then you know, they kick the, kick the bad guys out. <clears throat> and when I talk about, so, so this sort of was a sort of a peak, it really does feel like the end of the ninth episode was the point where they said, okay, we're now going to settle down again into another sort of series of episodes where you know there's there's a there's a new normal and that new normal is we've got to figure out what to do about Eleanor and how to keep her here with the clock kind of ticking that the bad place is eventually going to want to reclaim her and so then we can get a couple of episodes with variations on how they're working on that and so that's you know that's the new challenge whereas the previous challenge was Eleanor figuring out how to be a good person and stay out of stay off the radar and stay in the good place now it's a different set of challenges but it's still 
a set of challenges they can riff off of for a couple more episodes before we get the next, uh, uh, you know, sort of climax, next sort of peak again of, of some big thing happening. Yeah, I don't really buy Michael getting all bullied up. I know he's supposed to be the good guy, but it feels very high school to me. I feel like Michael should right, yeah. stand up for himself a bit more. They also um, have that really sweet scene with Jason and Janet where he asks for jalapeno poppers and Janet doesn't know what they are and he's right. so relieved that he can answer a question for her. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and then, you know, Tahani great. finds out about the butthole. So that sets up quite a big arc or at least some themes that continue even into season two. Well, at this point, um, Michael at least is pretending that he doesn't know that Jianyu is, is Jason, right? So he's, there's that one scene where he's interviewing everyone. So he interviews Jason as well. And of course, Jason isn't supposed to talk. And so Michael, Michael does another one of his sort of, uh, uh, sort of soliloquies with when he's supposed to be talking to Jason, but he's really kind of talking to himself or he's kind of interpreting Jason's, uh, motions as as great wisdom when they're not, and it struck me. And he's done this more than once already, and it's just it's so funny in hindsight because it's really <laughs> Michael kind of torturing Jason by pretending that he's something he's not, but knowing mm-hmm. that he can't talk. It, it's just it's just so obvious that Michael is taking such such pleasure in just Joy. getting this chance to to just torture Jason and 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 make fun of him. Over and over and over again. It's just, I just, I just love those scenes where he's doing it. It's kind of weird in retrospective that in the in the episode eight where we we have all the interviews, we just see all four of them. We see the crew. We never see them interviewing our demon, which it's kind of suspicious. I mean, <laughs> we know the truth now, but how did we not know the truth then? No, it's true. I never really thought about it. I never thought about that. Well, there's, you know, obviously they're the, they're the main cast, right? There's always got to be some excuse for why all the scenes have to do with them and not, not other people very much. Yes, of course, but it's, it's a bit too empty of other people. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anyone else building that episode b- besides them. When is this, does this feel like one of the first episodes where they are really sort of all together as a group? Like, you see most of them together in the, the waiting room, kind of, you know, scheming a little bit to see, you know, what can we tell Michael? What can't we tell Michael? Like even Tahani, who, you know, <laughs> at the beginning really is sure she hates Eleanor now because Eleanor is a fake and a bad person. But they still, it still feels like sort of the group is coming together during these episodes, even if they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So anything else, plot-wise or character-wise, any characters we've missed? We haven't really talked too much about, we talked a little bit about Jason, we talked a little bit about Tahani, I guess Tahani doesn't really get that much to do during these couple of episodes. I guess she got the, the party plot was her, big, was her big thing. But other than that, I don't know if she really does all that much. She figures out that Jianyu is not a Buddhist monk. Right. Aha. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't remember how that goes anymore from the next episode, but I think it, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun for going through that with him. Because, yeah, she, she idolized the monk, right? Even though he kind of tortured her by, by not talking. Oh, and then the, um, oh, the one part that I want to make sure we talk about is uh, Eleanor, uh, quote-unquote real Eleanor, seeing the house. That I thought that was just a wonderful yes. set of callbacks to all the stuff that was torturing, you know, quote-unquote fake Eleanor all the way through the first season. That now we see, you know, oh, yeah, um, uh, I love Icelandic primitive design. 
I kind of wish it had a clown nook. Oh, oh, there it is. That's just, oh, so good. And there were also the bits that, uh, again, there's just so many good bits with Real Eleanor. Real Eleanor describing the torture she had in The Bad Place. And uh, that was a torture that was designed for fake Eleanor. Uh, like an endless baby shower for a woman I didn't know. And then also somehow I had to organize it. And if I didn't remember everyone's name, I got a strong electric shock. That's, that's, that's pretty nasty. That, that sounds like torture to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, so if we don't have too much else to talk about um, with the plot-wise, um, how about the joke machine? What, what jokes do people remember from these two episodes? I know for most of us, we haven't necessarily watched it all that recently, but uh, anything, uh, anything coming to mind? I really enjoyed uh, the bits of Trevor. I think it was the end of episode eight where they were first getting on the train to go back to the bad place, and he went through all the things about how bad the train was. Yep. Mm. yep. This is the 318. One degree hotter every time. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah this, this is the 318 to the bad place. Bad place. Making, th- making millions yeah. of stops. <laughs> For no reason. No reason. Yep. Yeah, it was really hot. It was just going to keep getting hotter. And dining car only serves clam chowder. It's in the back of the train and it's closed. And it's closed. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept going on and on. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked when Eleanor asked, why do bad things always happen to mediocre people who are lying about their identities? Uh-huh. Right. Yep. It, um, it really encapsulates the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so True. smart. I like that Michael's pin is his birth year. That's zero, 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 one. No, it was just four zeros. Too easy to ask. Four zeros. It wasn't a one. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I got to change gotta that. You got to change that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked the moment of everyone like in the room mourning Janet and she's got the thumbs up poster above her casket <laughs> and then all of a sudden she pops up yeah. <laughs> it's like hello <laughs> yeah so there were there were some bits when Eleanor was giving uh, Michael was giving Eleanor the uh, the litmus test um, and there were a whole bunch of, of questions and I talked about a couple of them before but there were there were some more that I've written down uh, do you have a vanity license plate was one of them um, do you ever reheat fish in an office microwave? Uh, have you ever paid money to hear the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Um, do you ever watch The Bachelor? And then, you know, with The Bachelor thing, the, the demons mentioned that almost immediately when they came in. So, they, hey, that's a callback. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know. I caught uh, her um, roommate who became the dress bitch said she had to go pick up her vanity license plate. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, I yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. although there was a moment after that when uh, Tahani is talking about Eleanor and she's trying to talk about how bad she is and at one point she says well she pretended to be my friend when I really needed one I thought that was kind of cute part of Tahani kind of softening yeah. up mm-hmm. to her is like hey you know she's, she's done bad things yeah. but she actually hasn't been that bad to me Eleanor when she uh, apologizes to Chidi she's like sorry I dragged you into this and that I never did laundry <laughs> which that that's right. so Eleanor and that would be such a thing that Chidi would want to hear <laughs> like yes like his like his magical dishwasher abilities they just yeah. appear in the sink just like the laundry <laughs> right 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 I liked when Janet couldn't remember anything and she came and kept saying hello and then they're like 
okay, Janet, can you recite the English alphabet? She's like, A, B, Janet. And Eleanor's like, she knows her A, B, Janet. That's right. That's right. I like the bit of physical comedy that we get when Janet first introduces the cactus instead of a file. And after that, she's like playing with the a plant in the background, like she's a cat. And she's like, Wee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor says, uh, it doesn't make me look great. So don't judge me when she's about to talk about the t-shirt episode. And Michael says, that's literally the purpose of this entire episode. <laughs> this is where we at first maybe get a, a notion of Sean and we haven't spent any time with Sean yet, but he becomes the, uh, the looming presence. Hmm. There's a lot we ha that has to happen in these next four episodes. Right. Well, they, Before the season ends. They, we do get the one joke, and, and you knew they were going to make it when they called him Sean, where somebody says there's, a, there's an all-seeing judge, and he's named Sean, and, and that winds up being uh, Tahani who makes that joke for us, uh, I think in the ninth <laughs> episode. Oh, and then there's the, the, uh, the thing when uh, at the beginning of the seventh episode when Michael's saying, oh, my dear Janet, will, be, will you be okay after I leave? And Janet says, yes, this will not affect me in any way. And he's like, yeah, that, that, that's our Janet. <laughs> that. And then she's supposed to cry. We also learned that. Yeah. Yep, oh, go ahead. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. The crying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, the, the physical comedy. Like, So she's going, ah, 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 ah. And Michael's kind of nodding his head along with her. It was just a weird little bit there. But it's obvious they were having fun with him. I was just going to say, we learned that real Eleanor and fake Eleanor died in the same parking lot at the same time, <laughs> right. suggesting she's the one who saved Eleanor. Well, tries to save her, right? Yeah. And then also gets killed. Yeah. Right. And that she was there for a... the swoopy superhero thing. Right. She was there, she was there for a conference on, you know, some uh, humanitarian thing. And of course, Eleanor was just there to get drunk. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's one, one thing I have here where Eleanor says to Chidi, I just ethics you in the face, Chidi. I don't remember what that was about anymore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then Chidi also says at one point, something is like tigers, like what you're doing is like tigers, they're bad. And that's the end of the thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds better in like French or whatever it was. Like, yeah, tigers are bad if you have to face them yourself. And then there's some, another thing I have, but I don't remember where it came from, is hashtag Tahani time. I don't remember where that came from exactly, but I, I put down that there was a, that included Why a hand gesture. Why did we not or... know it was the bad place when she said <laughs> hashtag? <laughs> right. Why did I not pick it up when I saw the clowns? Uh-huh. Like... The hashtag clowns. <laughs> Nightmare George Washington. Nightmare, right, right. I like the dinner date. With Trevor, it's kind of kind of fun to see them in that sort of setting because it's okay. We're all here trying to have fun, but we're also trying to decide who stays and who goes to the bad place. And I'm going to try to sleep with you and make you go to the bad place all at the same time and make you feel miserable. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. Who are you going to believe, him or a woman? <laughs> He's terrible. He's, uh, blaring music drawing, driving by my apartment right uh -huh. now. Aha. 
You're in the bad place. I'm sorry to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we're all. But if she's in the bad place, aren't we all in the bad place? (laughs) Or maybe we're on the good place, being tested, like the honey things. Was it the one thing that I remember about those scenes where she's with with Trevor is that she was just so visibly unhappy during those scenes, and she was kind of keeping it in because she had already kind of said, "Yes, I'm going to go to the bad place." Yes, I'm going to. So, so she's kind of a, she just has to endure this basically explicit torture from from Trevor mm-hmm. about all these things, and it just she was just so unhappy, and she couldn't really say anything, and she couldn't really do anything about about it. She couldn't be sort of her her usual scheming exuberant self, and yeah, I just felt really bad for her during during all of those scenes, mm-hmm. and it, it just feels like we don't really see her like that very often in that sort of just explicitly miserable state. Which is good. I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, have the characters have to necessarily go through that all the time. They should have some some fun. All right. Well, I think we've talked about you know, pretty much everything for all, all the highlights, anyway, of these uh, three episodes. So, uh, anything yes. else? Well, we'll probably think of it right after the episode ends, and that will prove that we're in the bad place. So, I'd like to thank Shirley, my co-host, uh, Sarah Gardner. Thank you. Take it sleazy. <laughs> That's right. right. Uh, Rachel Adaman, thank you. Have a good night, everybody. And have your switch. Thank you as well. Let's go. Man, I think I'm going to be pissed if I miss the rose ceremony. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>